Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, this is a treat. We get to talk to Neil Solons. He's the Rays pre- and post-game host. He's doing play-by-play right now with Dave Wills, and he is in New York where the Rays are beginning a three-game series against the New York Yankees. And, Neil, I wanted to start with this, and and Mark Tompkin wrote about this on Sunday, uh, just the slew of injuries that this ball club has has had. I mean, 21 players with 22 stints on the the IL, according to Mark, 716 days served uh, only – uh, behind the Reds and the Cubs. If I were to tell you that with all of that, including their two leading home run hitters not being uh, with them at the moment, that this team would be 10 games over 500, you would say what? Are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly. I mean, I, yeah. I, I keep looking at it going, how how is it happening? Because it's not only that, it's not only injuries, but with all the change, I mean, I, I think that beyond the pitching, uh, you know, a, a lot of the guys who've had to fill in and even some of the regulars have underperformed to a degree. You know, the Rays lead the league in, in uh, outs on the bases. Um, they've been a top seven team, I think, the last handful of years defensively by all metrics. And by that same metric, they're a middle of the pack to lower, you know, um, you know, to, to like the bottom 15 right now defensively. Um, and yet they're still 10 games over 500, which tells me that if they can get healthier, um, and they can start playing a little bit crisper baseball. Um, I, I really think that this group has, you know, the ability, and, and they're still in a playoff spot. There's a lot of room for growth, a lot of room for improvement, and hopefully a lot of room for a lot more wins. Yeah, and as, and as you know, I mean, in the American League of Baseball in general, so much predicated on the home run. They're 19th in, in the uh, in the league in home runs with just 58. Um, so that's not a stat that you would have expected to see with uh, Kevin Kiermaier near the top uh, of the Rays. So as usual, um, they have found a way, and they have done it with uh, with pitching, even though so many of their pitchers uh, have been on the IL. And I, I mean, I guess you have to, you know, you have to start with Shane McClanahan, who has anchored this staff. Look, we know he he had a lot of great stuff. We knew that, uh, that this guy was was going to be special uh, when you see the the hundred mile an hour fastball, and now he's got really command of four pitches. But seven and two, a one eight seven ERA. Who knew how he was going to handle being that number one? Right, that's a different role, um, and and he has responded uh, terrifically. So what what do you see as the difference or the maturation in Shane McClanahan this year? Um, I, I think, you know, it begins with just his overall maturity and approach. Um, his mound presence, his poise are, I think, second to none right now. I thought, like, his last start that he had against the Cardinals was a perfect example. Um, he, he Albert Fulhus had a bloop double that really should have been a pop-up that was caught to lead off an inning. It's a scoreless game at the time, and it doesn't even phase him. He doesn't flinch. There's no reaction. He just goes boom, 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 gets the next three batters, pulls, never advances past second base. Next inning, there's a catcher's interference against Mike Zanino. Nothing happens. 
seventh, uh, I think it was what the sixth inning, he gave up a run. It was on his own throwing error on a comeback at Albert Pools where he had all day and he just bobbled it and fired it up the right field line. Um, he gets in the dugout after getting the next out. He laughs about it, and all of a sudden he locks it in and retires his final seven batters. And, mm. you know, I think those are like perfect examples of how he has matured and how he's handled things. You take a look at, you know, how frustrated he got in the Boston game in the postseason last year, and he's just come in a different, maybe not a different guy, but just has stepped up his game in so many ways. And I think he has learned to just, you know, drown out uh, any white noise and just say, you know what, I'll control what I can control. Let me pitch. And then as a pitcher, his stuff is just unreal. I mean, you know, I was asked at one point, I think uh, I was on um, Sirius XM with Eduardo Perez, and he asked, you know, what makes him so good? I said, and, and how does he compare it to some of the other great pitchers that the Rays have had? I said, I don't think any of them at this stage had four-plus pitches. I mean, right. he's what? He's not even 200 innings, and he's almost at 200 innings into his major league career. He's got four-plus pitches that he can throw at any count for any hitter good luck trying to hit that when he's throwing 100 um and any of the pitches that he throws are plus and can get by you and that's the thing i mean i think when when you know if if, if you're a hitter you don't want to go deep in account with them so you're, you're you tend to want to you know jump on uh, jump on them early and yet he can pitch backwards if he has to if he sees guys trying to ambush him you know you, you're waiting for 100 and, and here comes the changeup. Exactly, and, and the slider and the curveball. Yeah. I mean, they're all they're all like really nasty pitches, and he's learned how to throw you know O curveball and O slider uh, and O changeup for a strike, and he's learned how to throw where it looks like a strike, um, and that's what makes him so tough. And unless he's tipping his pitches, um, and look, the Yankees are pretty good at reading stuff. I think that's part of the reason they you know they've got such a veteran group. They pick up everything. You have to be on top of your game all the time. Yeah. Uh, with him, but unless you're tipping your pitches, um, I don't know how anyone hits Shane McClanahan. I really don't. <laughs> um, you know, unless you're sitting on one pitch, one spot, and you get a good count, and he's falling behind, and you're fortunate enough to barrel it up. Yeah, well, not many people have hit him. That's why he's sitting here with a one eight seven ERA, and I think for my money, uh, going to be an all star. Uh, the uh, another left hander has emerged uh, in this uh, rotation, I guess you would say, and that's Jeffrey Springs who's put up back-to-back scoreless uh, appearances for them, certainly does it a different way than Shane McClanahan. Um, just how rare is it for a guy to, to go you know, from the bullpen and be stretched out and be doing what he's doing uh, the way he does it? Again, not overpowering necessarily, but, man, he's been so effective. He has, and he's a great story too because – you know, this is a guy who I think was like a 30th round pick of the Texas Rangers at Appalachian State. Um, you know, it's certainly a not a lot. Not a lot was expected of him at that time. He was traded to Boston. He was traded to the Rays um, in a deal where I think you know a lot of fans were like, well, "Why'd you make that deal?" Because Ronaldo Hernandez was a catching prospect. He's still in the minors with Boston, who was traded at the time, and he did a great job. And then. If you remember last year in July, he had ACL surgery because he got hurt against the Red Sox That's going right. for a, a bunt or a swinging bunt near the third base bag. So he comes back from ACL surgery, and he's been the same guy and even better. And I think what I've been so impressed with Jeffrey is his poise and really his pitchability. Um, you know, he's he's been predominantly a fastball changeup pitcher, um, and his changeup is so good. But he's also really now using his slider effectively. And what I mentioned in the broadcast yesterday is the impressive thing is that he's pitching with the fastball, the changeup, and the slider on both sides of the plate. 
And when you can mm-hmm. cover both sides with three pitches, it's almost like having six offerings. And I think that's what makes him effective because he doesn't really pitch to a pattern. He doesn't, you know, he, he makes it very difficult to sit on one offering and he recognizes when hitters are trying to do that and makes pretty good adjustments. Yeah, I know. He's, he's been terrific. Their starting pitching has been good. There's been a lot of guys contribute out of the bullpen. Um, but, Neil, one guy they lost, uh, unfortunately, to Tommy John surgery is, is Andrew Kittredge. And, and he has been as good as anybody in the, in the high leverage moments, the late innings. Um, first of all, talk about how he has performed up until this point with this injury and, and how the Rays plan to go forward now. Not that they always had a designated closer per se, but we saw Kit in more, more big moments than not. We definitely did. Um, and first of all, it, it stinks for him because, you know, he's such a terrific story, too. Um, yeah. And such a really good guy in the clubhouse. Um, you know, a, a low heartbeat guy who I think the reason that he pitches so well in leverage situations is nothing seems to phase him. This is a guy mm-hmm. who in 2020 went off the mound in Boston and thought he needed Tommy John surgery and got some uh, treatment similar to a PRP injection, was able yeah. to come back in 2021 and not only come back, but was an all-star and was one of the three most valuable players on the Rays at the time. Um, and here he is, you know, in 2022, where he at the beginning of the year he was performing really well, um, and then all of a sudden the strikeout started to go away, and he went on the IL with what was called at the time a back issue, and then he comes back, and he hadn't walked a batter since his first appearance of the season, and all of a sudden a walk, things don't feel right, arm locks up, they check him out, and he needs Tommy John, and it just it, it stinks for him because of, you know, how, you know, how hard he's worked to get to this point. Um, you know, I hope everything goes as smoothly as possible and he can make a return and hopefully return with the Rays. Um, in terms of the way they go from here, you know, obviously the Rays are good about putting guys in the best situation possible. Um, you know, Jason Adam has been absolutely magnificent. And the hope is, is that J.P. Fireisen is going to be back sooner than later because he's on the IL and the same goes with Pete Fairbanks. I think, Pete is getting pretty close to going on a rehab assignment, which is which is very, very positive. But in the meanwhile, I think guys like, you know, from the left side, Colin Pochet has been really good. Jalen Beeks has been really good. Brooks Raley has been good. Matt Whistler, I think, has been scoreless his last eight outings. So I think you're going to see mixing and matching. And, you know, there will be some other righties, whether it's Calvin Fauchet or Luke Bard or Sean Armstrong or Ryan Thompson, that will get their chances to, to perform too. And we'll see who kind of takes hold of it. Yeah, and they've had uh, a, a lot of changes in, in the day-to-day lineup, right? Guys that they were counting on. Um, obviously, you know, Wander Franco is out, several others as well. And and there have been guys that have had to step up and maybe play more innings uh, than they planned. Obviously, Vidal Brujan has is, is been up um, and playing a lot. Um, Taylor Walls, uh, you know, Isak Paredes. I mean, all these guys have, have come and contributed. And at various times, they've all had, you know, big games but for the most part i don't know that this this was ever the intended role of these guys obviously if if everybody was was healthy um so of that group just you know i, I there there's been some struggles with walls we've seen all of them kind of have their good moments too um how have they adapted to this cuz we talk about this this team that has has managed to stay 10 games above 500 despite all these injuries these guys at at, at certain moments have all contributed in big ways I think they've all, I would agree with you, I, I, 
I think they've all had moments. I would think they probably all would say they're starting to feel a little more comfortable and mm-hmm. settle in a little bit more. But I think by and large, they all have, you know, I think they all would agree. They've underperformed offensively. Sure, you know, I sure. think that in Taylor's case, he was underperforming defensively at the beginning of the year, and we've really started to see him settle in. You know, he's played mm-hmm. a very, very good shortstop um, since Wander went down. Um, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, offensively, it's just been very, very hit and miss. You know, I think Vidal Bruhan has started to pick up some runs batted in, um, but we haven't seen any of them get on a tear where they're coming up with two, three hits a day. I've right. actually been pretty encouraged by Isak Paredes, even though the numbers don't show. I just think the quality of his at bat has been mm-hmm. very, very good. We're starting to see more walks than strikeouts recently. Um, we're seeing a fair amount of power. I think good hands, whether he's playing second or third base. Um, I, you know, I'm hoping that he continues to get opportunities because, um, you know, he is probably the one of the three who's had the most big league time because he was up and down with Detroit a couple of seasons. Um, the Rays really are impressed with him overall. And, and, you know, I think he seems to be a little bit calmer in terms of his at-bats. Not like, you know, the the opponent the Rays are facing this week. The Yankees are easy for anyone to hit, whether it's the three youngsters or any of the veterans among the group. Right. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting that of the guys that are remaining that you're counting on every day, obviously Margot has had some big moments. We'll talk about a Rosarine in just a minute. Um, for a couple weeks there, Kevin Kiermeyer, I mean, he batted, he, he hit everywhere from first to ninth, including cleanup, which we hadn't seen him in that role for some time. And of course, defensively, he's still as good as anyone in center field. Um, what have you seen, uh, from, from KK just, just in terms of, you know, more now has to be put on his shoulder, so to speak with so many guys out. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it would be great if the Rays were back. If they had Wander and Brandon Lau back, you'd probably see, you know, KK in the bottom third of the order. And, sure. and that, to me, makes the Rays a much more dangerous team because it gives them a real threat in so many ways because he can steal a base, he can impact the game with his legs, he can impact the game with an occasional long ball, he can take the extra base, he can go first to third and first to home on base hits. You know, I think that's why the Rays were so successful as a group offensively, because by and large, they really didn't have a lot of injuries last year to their position player core. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I think he's been, you know, like many of the regulars from an offensive standpoint, he's been up and down. He's had spurts where all of a sudden he gets really hot, as he did for a period, and then he gets really cold. And, you know, I think the Rays, you know, as a group need their veterans to kind of settle in a little bit right now um you know we're 150 some for some 200 bats into a regular season um and you know this is obviously not going to be a team that hits home runs like the yankees um but they are near the top of the league in stolen bases um they're striking out a lot less than they have in recent years uh you know but i think they need they need probably a little more hard contact and a little more driving the baseball um, to get a few more extra base hits, and hopefully that starts with the series against the Yankees. And we we would think you would get that um, from a lot of places, but mostly from a guy like Randy Orozarena, who has also been up and down at times during this year. Um, interesting game, the the final game uh, that they had before this Yankee series. He gets plunked twice and you know, goes all you know. Rob Gronkowski and spikes the bat after the second one. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen on his way to first there. Uh, but then it kind of ignites him, right? He steals a couple bases. He's at the, the, you know, he makes that sort of stab slide into home plate, which fortunately he didn't get hurt. Um, and yet, 
we, we began this conversation when you mentioned that the Rays have made so many outs on the bases. I think Rosarena has made 13 of them. So what is that? Where is that line between aggressiveness, which you like, and just running yourself out of innings? You know, I think Kevin Cash talked about it with us on Sunday, um, where he said, you know, there's there is a fine line, and obviously he said the group has not run the bases well, but he said, you know, it, it's up to him and the coaching staff to to coach because you have to remember that this is Randy's still second full season in the big leagues, and. Mm-hmm. You know, he's made some mistakes. Bruhan's made some mistakes. They all have to some degree. And when you have a lot of athleticism, you don't want to start putting stop signs up and take away that and have guys who are not being aggressive. Um, But at the same time, you have to kind of coach through it. And, you know, I know they pulled Vidal Bruhan had a a big caught stealing on Saturday of third base where he's going to score from second on a base hit anyway. And the team was down, you know, I think a couple of runs at the time or one run at the time. Um, and it was five, three, if I remember right. And it was just not the right time to try and steal third. And unless you're going to get in there standing up and he didn't. Uh, and so I think coaching through that and teaching them mm-hmm. for the next moment at times is going to have to occur. And, and the hope is that this group gets back to being a really good base running team, um, you know, and making better decisions with each passing day. Because really, Neil, I mean, uh, and we've, we've talked about this, you know, in terms of baseball contemplating, um, you know, eliminating the shifts and things like that. This is such an athletic baseball team. I mean, these guys, they can they can generate runs. If, As you mentioned, they're not striking out as much as they used to. So with a little smarter base running, I mean, they, they put pressure on the defense already, right? They do. They do. Um, you know, from, from the fact that, yes, they can do a lot of things. And, look, they do have a lot of guys who make contact. You know, you take a yeah. look at the lineup before – Let's say the last handful of days, I think Yandy, you know, Yandy Diaz was almost two to one in strikeout to or a walk mm-hmm. to strikeout. You know, um, Harold Ramirez is a guy who puts the ball in play. Bruhan, before the last couple of days, had been striking out very infrequently too. Um, you know, Isak Paredes does not strike out a heck of a lot either. So I think you know you've got a hand. Margot is the same. So you've got a handful of guys who can put the ball in play who all run extremely well. And so if, you know, there is, you know, and they may have to do this against New York, although those guys are a lot of high strikeout guys, there may be times where the Rays have to get aggressive just to be able to put runs across because against some of those pitchers, it's very rare that you're going to come up with three hits in an inning, to be to be frank, especially right. if they're singles. You know, you hope you run into one, but you're going to probably have to be aggressive and, and hope that, mm-hmm. you know, a walk, a stolen base, a walk, a hit and run, and a, and a productive out leads to runs. Well, the hope is, too, that they get some of these guys back healthy, so let's kind of go through it. Um, n- none more important maybe than Wander Franco, who is a superstar already at a very young age and has just battled – this whether it's quad or hamstring, I'm not exactly sure, um, but I, I would assume that uh, you know Neil, they want to get this right, right? They they want that uh, that when he comes back, he's in good shape for the remainder of the season and not have to go back and forth, right? No doubt. And and Dave and I have talked about this a lot on the road trip uh, in the previous series against St. Louis that you know your lower half is really important uh, yeah. as a hitter. It's, it's not only all the things that Wander can do with the pressure he can put on the defense, the athleticism, the stolen bases, but we've seen it with Manny Margot. Manny, since his hamstring injury, I mean, Kevin thinks that he's probably at 75 80% running-wise still, and, mm-hmm. and he's making do. 
but he doesn't have that same burst. And, right. you know, I think um, there are times where I have not seen him drive the baseball as he did when he was named the player of the week right. in the American League. We saw a little bit over the weekend, so I think he's really starting to get his legs underneath him and they DH'd him some. But the same goes for Wander. You know, all of a sudden the extra base hits that he had the first couple of weeks when he set the league on fire started to go away. And I think that really started because his, his balance uh, in his legs was not there and the concern about, you know, hurting himself um, was there, too. They're telling him to be careful. Well, you know, and when you don't feel your legs underneath you as a hitter, um, you know, that's a that's a really important piece, especially for for someone who's, you know, of his stature. Yeah, no doubt. You can hard to drive the ball. And um, are you hearing anything or what what is sort of the buzz of about the prospects or how concerned are they about Mike Zanino? Is Brandon Lau somebody they think they can still get back? I mean, is the Calvary going to come here before the season is over? It is. It is. I think it's soon, but not immediate. Um, yeah. is the way I would look at it. So, so in Wander's case, he's advanced to agility drills, and now it's a question mm. of okay, you know, when can they start him running? Um, and you know, I don't. I think his swing is low enough maintenance that it won't take that long for him to get the swing back if the legs sure. are good. Um, in Brandon's case, obviously, we're talking about a stress reaction in his back. On mm. uh, Friday, he took dry swings. Then he advanced to hitting off a tee. You know, next phase would be, you know, hitting off, um, you know, hitting actual batting practice and then advancing to some live pitching um, before he would start a rehab assignment. So he's making steps. But, you know, I think each step along the way, we're going to have to see, you know, Mike Zanino, you know, he, he has been bothered by this left shoulder issue apparently throughout the year and he's been playing through it. Maybe yeah. that explains why he has struggled so much offensively that, you sure. know, I think it's been bothering him from what I understand more hitting then it has catching, and it started affecting you know him catching. That's why they gave him a couple of days off, uh, and then he came back, and it was still bothering him. So I think they're hopeful that it won't be a long you know absence, but you just don't know. You know, I, I think they're still trying to figure all that out and seeing how he responds to treatment. So mm-hmm. um, you know, in the meantime, you know, I think they will get Lau back. I think they will get um, you know Wander back. I think that. Luis Patino is now up to two innings and will go to Durham and, and start, you know, and get stretched out further. He's missed almost, you know, the whole season to this point with an oblique injury. And I mentioned some of the injured relievers that are going to get back. Um, and, and look, there's also, you know, I think at some point you're probably going to see Josh Lowe return too. You know, he was sent down really for underperformance the first month. Um, and he could also be a big piece of the offensive puzzle. If you add Lau, Lowe, and Franco, uh, Franco um, you know, that really could change your offensive complexion a bit. Yeah, and Lowe was uh, was one of those guys that made them feel confident enough to trade Austin Meadows, and they mm-hmm. certainly could use his bat if he comes back up here and performs the way they hoped he would. Just as the Rays have to try to cool off the Yankees, you want to stay cool too, and you don't want to suffer this summer with an old AC system. Call our experts at Air Rescue. Air Rescue offers superior service at unbeatable prices. Your air conditioning unit is going to perform 30% better. It's going to last longer with regular maintenance by Air Rescue. Now, they have an award-winning team that delivers 24 hours a day. In fact, they have emergency services. This is hard to get 24-7 and 100% satisfaction guaranteed for all the residential installation repairs. It's family-owned. They've been in business for over 75 years. Now, get this. It's expensive sometimes with air conditioners. You never know what you're getting into. Well, Air Rescue offers 100% financing. They have affordable payments and a very easy application process with no administration, bank fees, or even extra cost with financing. What else could you ask for? Call Air Rescue at 813-612-5600. 
or go to airrescueflorida.com for all your air conditioning needs. Air Rescue. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so uh, you're in New York. It's the uh, three-game set against the New York Yankees, who are off to as good a start as you could hope for if you're a Yankee fan, 44-16. and 16. And uh, Aaron Judge, who gambled a little bit on himself, uh, turned down a very, very lucrative contract. Looks like he might uh, might pay that off. He's got 24 home runs already. The Yankees lead the, the ma- lead Major League Baseball in home runs. How are they doing it? This Yankee team looks like it can't be stopped at this point, at least. Well, this is, I think, the worry that any um, the rest of the league's always had if the Yanks are healthy. Like, Judge has had a yeah. history of injuries. Giancarlo yes. Stanton, history of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DJ LeMahieu was banged up last year. Josh yeah. Donaldson, who they acquired in the offseason, history of injuries. Guess what? Mm-hmm. They all have been healthy. And not only <laughs> yeah. have they been healthy, but the starting five pitchers have been healthy. In fact, yeah. to this point, Jamison Tyone coming back from an ankle injury, Jordan Montgomery, who has had Tommy John, Nestor Cortez, who I don't think anyone, you know, hasn't thrown more than 120 innings ever in a year, and Luis Severino hasn't had a full season since 18, have all made every single one of their starts. I mean, they've played uh, 60 games. You mentioned they're 44 and 16. Those five guys have started 58 of their 60 games to this point. Wow, wow. Um, and, And my question is, okay, at some point, does Cortez hit an innings limit? Does Severino mm-hmm. hit an innings limit? Do they have to worry sure. about Montgomery and Tyone, who also yeah. have had histories? Not Garrett Cole, but, I mean, are, are they going to have some reinforcements? Because not only are they pitching and making all their starts, but they're providing a lot of length. I mean, these guys are all on, like, 200-inning paces at this point, mm-hmm. 180 to 200. I, I, You know, they've been great. And, and if they're going to stay healthy all the year and go on a 118-win pace, that's wonderful, but I think – you know, I think there is a history lesson to be learned, too, in that, you know, Seattle won 116 games and did not win the World Series. And sure. so, for me, the goal is to get to the postseason and be at your best postseason. Um, you know, I'm hoping for this group, this race group, that, you know, they're okay. And, you know, look, they're they're running into a team that's playing their best. They've won, I think, 11 of 12 and 11 straight at home. Um, everything's going right for them. And, and the same with the position players. They don't have a single position player right now on the IL and yeah. haven't really missed anyone for a long period. It's just a couple of relievers. And when your starters are making every start and going seven innings, your bullpen, you know, lack of depth maybe because you're missing Chapman and Eliza and Green's out for the year now um, is not exposed because you're not getting into those guys early enough. Yeah, no, they they've been uh, they've been fortunate with the injuries, and that has been a big problem with Judge and with Stanton and others. And and it is a long season; it is a marathon, and that's why the depth of the Rays organization, which is being tested right now like never before because of all the injuries, has affected them. And I go back to the job that Kevin Cash and everybody has done uh, maintaining a ten game over five hundred pace. Uh, you know, despite all this, and you look at the American League East, Neil. And, you know, Toronto is just, I think, a half game or so above 
the Rays in second place. Mm-hmm. There could and Boston is playing better now too. You could have four teams from this division make the playoffs. I I think you will have four teams make the yeah. playoffs. I really do. I mean, you know, we've seen most of the West other than Houston to this point. We've seen Texas, the Angels before their collapse, uh, Seattle and Oakland, and I, I I don't know. I don't see any of those teams as better than the four in the East. Um, you know, I've seen the White Sox, and, and right now they're an absolute mess yeah. uh, in terms of all the issues they're having. I, I don't think as great a year as Jose, uh, Jose Ramirez is having, I, I just don't know that Cleveland's deep enough. Um, mm. You know, I think Minnesota's going to win the Central, um, even though I think they've got some pitching issues. I think that division is, is the weakest of the three. Um, and I honestly feel that, yeah, it's going to be the four teams in the East plus Houston and Minnesota come the end of the year. It's a long way to get there. There's still 100-plus games. But at least the way I look at it now, I'll be surprised. Someone may make a run at at the four in the East, but I still think those four four teams are all going to be in the playoffs, and it's really jockeying for position and who's hottest at the right time. As we learned last year with Atlanta and a few years ago with the Washington Nationals, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Absolutely, and health is such a big part of that, and hopefully the Rays are able to get healthy. They have a very important, they're all important, right, in the American League East three-game <laughs> series against the Yankees uh, starting uh, to tonight, and Neil Solons will be on the call with Dave Wills. You can also hear him every week, and this week in Rays baseball does a terrific job. Neil, thanks so much for your time. Uh, look forward to it. It's going to be a great uh, you know, series in New York, and, uh, again, great catching up with you. Same here. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. All right, on tomorrow's podcast, we'll preview the Lightning's Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals playoffs in Colorado against the Avalanche. Looking forward uh, to that. Today, it's media day in preparation uh, for the finals, so we'll hear from all the guys. And then, of course, as we just mentioned, the Rays take on the Yankees beginning that three-game series tonight in the Bronx, New York. Going to be a big one for, uh, for the Rays. And then it's on to Baltimore as they complete this road trip. Thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.